All right, everyone, and welcome back to Smart Women Connect with Virginia and Sarah. Sarah, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I'm good. Yeah, very relaxed. Children went back to school yesterday. All is well with the world. <laughs> I think that's funny that you said it's you're relaxed. We're, um, we're recording this podcast in between me rushing back from <laughs> drop off because we um, there's six hours between the two of us. So we're recording this in between me doing school drop off and Sarah going to do school pick up. So yeah. we've got this little slot in the middle. So <laughs> it's stress. It's a stress-free environment. For the next half an hour, it is. <laughs> stress-free environment. And I sat this morning thinking, how can we, we be actually be at Wednesday already when when did it get to Wednesday when did it get to halfway through the week I don't know we're still missing that 25th hour in the day oh that that extra (laughs) hour I've been looking for that extra hour wondering how I can create that extra hour and you know it makes me laugh though because I I I, well I think I'm quite an organized individual and I do manage to get quite a lot done in the course of a day but I think just Life's just busy. It yeah. is. Busy. It is. Very busy. Talking of which, what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> Giving up the job. Giving up the job and what it, what it was like and what it means. And I don't know whether we look back and there's any regrets or whatever. Go on, you go first. Oh, it's a big one, that one, isn't it? I think um, I... Um, I explained, I think, in the first podcast, my background. So I'd gone from being a dancer, wanting to go to full-time ballet school, that not happening, and then eventually becoming a lawyer in a rather convoluted way. And um, so I had worked really hard to be a lawyer, as all lawyers and anyone else that has you know, a similar corporate job will understand. There's a lot of training. It's years and years of graft. The hours are long, you, you know, you get paid fairly well. But I obviously spent years doing that. I was then a lawyer for 10 years in the city. Um, and that was, it. you know, there's everything wrapped up in that. It's your identity to a certain extent. And obviously, I didn't have children at this point. So I think your job, uh, your career is a huge part of who you are for a very, very long time. Um, My decision to leave um, was based on two things. One was I wanted to raise my children. This is not a judgment on anyone who continues to work full time and has a nanny or whatever childcare you have. For me, I I didn't want that. My hours were very unpredictable and long and I just wouldn't have seen my children. And I know that works for some people. It just wasn't going to work for me. And you, you know, you've got to know yourself um, to be happy. So that wasn't going to work for me. And also it's getting to a point where I was kind of getting a little bit tired of, of the job. And I didn't really have a huge amount of, it didn't have a huge desire to take it a lot further than I already was and I didn't um I didn't want to sacrifice in order to do that because it is a big sacrifice let's Mm -hmm. face it um and so I I I got married I became pregnant with my daughter and that was that was the point at which I had to make a decision you know am I going to find childcare and do all the juggling or am I going to leave and change career 
And so at that point, I decided, because also to add to that, my husband said, you're not leaving and doing nothing. <laughs> and obviously, that's going to, you know, by that, he didn't mean raising children is doing nothing. He didn't mean that. He meant you're not going to stay at home and not work. And Alpha it, female, one debate, the alpha female. Well, it came, <laughs> it, it came from a good place. Because he, know, he knows me well enough to know that if I had done that, I would have gone stir crazy. And he did not want to live with that person. So he said, you know, that's absolutely fine if that's your life decision, but you need to think about what you're going to do next. So I said, fine, it's already mapped out. I'm already doing my training. I'm going to... Um, go back to my roots and I, I've already got the qualifications that will get me onto the teaching, um, teaching courses to become a valet teacher. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and wanted to also combine the fitness and teach adults. So I had all these grand plans. Um, and not in my wildest dreams at that point did I think about coming online. But uh, it all, you know, it all works out in a funny way, doesn't it? But I really struggled. So I left, even though I had a plan, even though I knew, okay, this is going to be what is happening in my future. It's fine because I can look after my children and do this. I can do the study while my child is sleeping. She actually, as a small baby, came to college with me, to a performing arts college. Um, so she was very involved in those initial stages. However, my identity, and part of that, of course, was having a young baby. But up until, I remember when she was about six months old thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, am I crazy? How do I think I'm going to qualify as a dance teacher as a two-year course? Um, how am I going to do this as a young baby? I'm shattered. I'm going to college with people that are 10, 15 years younger than me. You know, and I had to just get over myself. It was hard, but I just had to say, well, you know, you've got to go in a room and put a leotard on and be with 18-year-olds if this is what you want to do. Um, so that's what I did. But it was my, the biggest part of it for me was my identity and the fact that I didn't have my own pot of money in, in the way that I'd had before yeah, yeah, when I was working. Yeah, so... Whereas before, I'd never had to ask anyone, can I buy these boots? Can I this? Can I that? Um, not that you necessarily, not that I'm saying people should be in a position where they're seeking permission to buy boots, but um, it was odd for me. And, you know, my husband had to sit me down many, many times and say, it's our money and you will make money in the future. Right now, you're looking after our children and studying and doing what you love and you know your time will come in the future but I struggled so much with that um and it's not that I you know I I you know couldn't buy the boots or anything like that it was just that I didn't have that power anymore I didn't have that independence I suppose um that coupled with you know what it's like taking your child to baby yoga and doing all of those lovely oh, music classes that you do. Um, I think that's my think, though. They think it's going to be, they think it's an easy transition. They think they, they're going to go out there and somebody's going to say, this is the right thing to do. So just leave and then you're going to leave all of your previous life behind you and you're never going to think back and it's just going to be boom. But, but it's just, it's just not, it's just not. 
when I knew so, from that, well, I knew from the, the day uh, the day I stepped into law school and sat down in those lectures, I'd already kind of been apprehensive because. I wanted my dad to buy me a Hooters after I came back from the States, a Hooters franchise. He, he had pubs and so forth, and I always had this entrepreneurial spirit. But I was this smart kid, so you send this smart kid to university and this smart kid becomes a lawyer. But this smart kid was bored out of her brains from the day that I went in to start <laughs> Yeah. But I just kept thinking, I'll just keep going, I'll just keep going, I'll just keep going. Let's get to partner. Once I get to partner, it'll be great. And I got to partner and I remember thinking, is this it? Is this what I've worked all of these years for? But it wasn't that that made me turn and that made me realise I needed to get out. And, I mean, and my transition wasn't an easy one either. Um, I used to work between Edinburgh, Glasgow and London. So that meant numerous trips on the red eye leaving the house at four o'clock in the morning to get to the airport for five to jump on that hour flight down to London. Um, And I would do that leaving my two kids behind. And it was a very cold um, morning. Um, It had been a little bit snow outside and I was a little bit late. And I was a little bit late for no particular reason other than the fact that I really didn't want to leave my little baby behind, um, Eva. And I'd been looking at her in the cot and so forth. And I was on autopilot, got in the car, and I woke up on the M9, or the M8, I can't remember which road I was on now. <laughs> I woke up on the motorway, looked down at the speed dial. It was 147 miles an hour. I don't know when I got to 147 miles an hour. Um, I was driving a Porsche, so, you know, it goes 147 miles an hour without too much of an issue. Um, And I woke up and I just looked at the speed dial and I felt my heart coming into my mouth because I was in a rush and I was driving fast on an icy, snowy road at that time in the morning. Fortunately, the road wasn't busy. I wasn't doing anything silly. I just woke up with my heart in my mouth thinking, I wouldn't say what I was thinking, just like mm. realising that that I was surviving, that I was just going through each and every day and I'd kind of lost the meaning to my life. And I had the life that everybody would have wanted, two kids, yes. good marriage, plenty of money, nice house, a um, couple of flash cars, I mean, partnership, I had it all. Mm. But I didn't have it all together at all. And I wasn't even particularly stressed out. I didn't feel stressed out. I was just on this and gave it all up. I did at that point in time decide that something needed to change. And I'd gone back and said to my husband, find a job, any job, any country. I don't care where it is. You have to give me an excuse. Because I couldn't just turn up in the office and say I want to leave. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I Mm. didn't know what life was going to hold for me. I didn't know what was next. Mm. Um, And that's when he found a job in Cayman. But it wasn't a dream job. It was a crap job. And it was a crap job that meant I had to work again. And I went straight back into law. And it was another seven and a half, almost eight years before I stepped away. And even then, when I stepped away, I didn't know what I was stepping away into. But I was happy to step away because I had saved a big pot of cash. Mm. So I knew I had a safety blanket. 
And I won't go into this now, but I lost that safety blanket. And that's when the online businesses all started because mm. I needed to do something to make money. So anybody out there who thinks that you're all of a sudden just going to flip a switch and it's just going to go, this is it, I'm ready. It's going to be so easy to walk away. It isn't. And you'll think about it all the time. You'll always wonder, there's always going to be something in the back of your mind because you're human that will say to you, did I do the right thing? Where would I have been? Mm. How much would I be earning? What position would I be in? Yeah, I, I, and I think, you know, I was very, very lucky in that I had a, a huge passion for something else. And I could, I was in a position where I'd, I'd you know, done my vocational exams and I could easily go into that. And I still absolutely love what I do. But I can quite appreciate that there aren't many people who do have a passion for something else or at least something that they think is going to make them money that they can, you know, do as a job. And I I remember um, when you were saying you're at law school thinking, what am I doing? I remember exactly the same thought process at law school carried on. And then as a trainee, I would go out at lunchtime for a walk with one of my then friends called Lucy and the two of us would stand daydreaming. We hadn't even qualified as lawyers at this point. Daydreaming about what life could have been like if we made a different decision. And we were still so young. And even at that stage, and I know Lucy's gone on to to do something completely different herself now, Um, but it was, we'd always talked about it, but at that point, the path was laid out. That's what we were doing. We were going to qualify as lawyers. We were going to make, you know, a decent amount of money compared to perhaps what our contemporaries were doing. Um, and that, that's what we were doing. And actually, funnily enough, um, in the local area that I live in, I discovered about six years ago that someone I worked with at my first law firm lives down the road and that she was running a business locally um, that she was obviously a lawyer when I knew her um, and she's now running a completely different business and she reminded me six years ago when we hooked up for coffee again do you remember those lunch times where you used to say that you wanted to be a dance teacher and that you wanted to teach dance and, and do ballet and I was like yeah yeah I do, I do and eventually I've done it and I think but it wasn't an easy process partly because a lot of the time even if you do manage to make that transition, yes, you're going through what you describe, which is, have I done the right thing? You know, look at all the money I could have earned. We could have done this. We could have done that. But also that whole imposter syndrome as well. Yeah. Do, I, do I now know what I'm doing? I've been trained to do what I've just done for 10 years for donkeys. That's all I've ever known in my education since I was... 18, 19 years old. That's what I trained to do. And now I've decided to do this. Um, and so you do have an element also, and it's all, it's all fear-based though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, no, no, it's fear. I think, you know, if you can focus on um, what it is you truly love to do, um, it, it does make it a little bit, a little bit easier because at the end of the day, yes, it's nice to have the Porsche and the the two kids and the husband and all the rest of it. But if you've got that and you're still not happy, it, it's, it doesn't mean anything. 
Um, so I've still got a nice card, and now we've got the three kids. Now you've got an extra one. And I'm way, way happier, <laughs> way happier than it was. But you know, I discovered that I did have the passion, but it actually took me getting out of the legal profession to understand what my passion was for. Yeah. And when I look back on my life, I can see it. I always tried to do things that. Uh, this is this sounds very arrogant, and it is, but it is. I always tried to do things that the average woman wasn't doing, and it wasn't for the sake of getting one upmanship. I think I may have frozen. Did I freeze on you there? Yeah, you did. All right. My mum brought me up with the mentality of um, there's no such thing that you can't do. So I realised that that was what I was doing. So whenever I was at university, I joined the Territorial Army. And I stayed in the Territorial Army for eight years and became an officer. I went off and did competitions that most of the women didn't do, military fitness competitions. I went from being not particularly fit to being fitter than a lot of the men. Um, And I did that. I was a DJ. I was a nightclub steward. I did competitive kickboxing. So I went out of my way to do all of these things. When I went into law as well and I was practising, I became a PFI, Project Finance Construction Lawyer. I was right in the male-dominated area. And I became a partner in that. So when you walked into the meetings, it was all of these men and me. Right down to the extent that somebody from a big London law firm started speaking to my associate as if he was the partner and I was just there as the uh, Which was so good because I kept patting you and saying to you and say nothing say nothing this will all work out and I realized that that was what I was doing and that fits so well into the coaching that I do now because I'm all about not getting one over on the name but showing women that you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it I help inspire motivate women I help give them the confidence that they need to get to where they want to be because we have so many fears we have imposter syndrome We have that um, fear of not being able to achieve our goals. Whereas I believe that you can do absolutely anything that you want to do if you put your mind to it. And on the basis that you actually do want to do that. So sometimes you have to step away and give yourself the space to work out what it is you want and where you want to go next. And Mm -hmm. I'm in my absolute element now. Absolute element. I love helping people. And and just basically saying to people, I've done this, I've done that. You can do it if you want to do it. How can I help you get there? So how did you, so you said that you came away from your job, so the seven years that you'd done in Cayman, and then you had the pot of money, so you stayed at home and you didn't work for a little while to try and, you know, decompress. Don't ask me what I did. (laughs) No, I'm not going to ask you what you did. Um, But I am going to ask you, at what point, did you say, actually, this is what I'm going to do? And and how did that happen? Did it happened in an odd way. Okay, a really okay. odd way. So my husband was made redundant and he worked with a bank. He was managing director of a bank. And all of those savings that I had, that nice big pot of cash was in that bank. And mm. all of those funds were frozen. So we were basically in a situation of no money coming in. I was out of work. He was redundant. No access to funds, credit cards, bank cards. They were all tied there because I didn't have debt. 
So I didn't really need to have all of these credit cards and whatever else. I only needed the cash that was there. Really, really stupid thing to do to put all your money in the one place. But hey, yeah, no, nobody's perfect and we make mistakes. We needed money and we needed money fast. My husband did what he knew best, accountancy. I refused to go back to law. I refused. I had been fit my whole entire life. And I thought, this is what I'm going to do. So I started teaching classes because I knew that I had a passion for fitness. Mm. And I knew how much I needed to pay the bills. Um, And that was what I did. I started teaching classes and they grew and they grew and they grew. And on the back of that, I started coaching people, saved up a little bit of money, did some certifications for coaching. We all know that I've done an awful lot of certifications since then. (laughs) But I did some certifications in um, in coaching, uh, life coaching, performance coaching, uh, business coaching. And I I just, I went with the flow. I 100% trusted my gut instinct. What do I need to but do? But your, your situation and your decision-making process came out of necessity. You know, you had to think of something fast and you didn't want to do, do you think hadn't lost his job at that point? Would you have still got there? Yeah can't answer whether or not I would still get there. But the one thing that I will say to people is to trust in themselves, to trust in you. I was forced into a situation. So I was forced into that cut situation, right? This is it. I have to do this. I had nothing coming in. So whenever I say to people, sometimes you've got to leap and have a leap of faith, I'm able to turn around and say to them, this was my situation. It was forced upon me but I made it work. I didn't go into, I didn't sit there and um, procrastinate. I didn't sit and try and work out whether something was going to be the right thing to do. I just thought, bugger this, you know, I've got to make some money. What can I do that will make me money fast? Mm. And that is what I I think if you're approaching it, you know, lots of people through fear will find excuses to, to stop them from heading down a path that is out of their comfort zone. But if, if you approach something with the mindset that you had to approach it with, which is this has to work, this is going to work. And this isn't a good enough excuse. This isn't a good enough excuse. I have to do it and I'm going to go and do it. And I've always, I mean, what, you know, the situation I was in was very, very different. I had the choice. It wasn't through necessity, but my mindset has always been like that. I am lucky. I think I was probably raised in a similar way um, that, you know, nothing is impossible for me. If I want to do something, um, I will visualize that thing and it will happen. It will eventually get there because you find a way of getting there. And it's not always obvious or straightforward at the outset and I think you're right you have to come away from what you're doing and not everyone has the luxury of coming away from that for a whole year Um, but you do have to get some headspace from it and sit and think outside of that uh, that life that identity that you created for yourself and try and think about the future in a in a positive way and making something else work for you yep well, I mean, I spent time after I gave up law, whenever I made the decision and I had the cash in the bank, I did it. I mean, I knew I was going to set up a business. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And I was doing things at that stage. 
You know, I was mm. I was doing things. I had put these snack boxes together. I was going to set up a snack box delivery company, and I had started that, and it was doing okay. Um, I guess just being in Cayman and it being a very small market, the logistics of it all were becoming more difficult. And I yeah. was at that stage beginning to learn about the whole process of going online because I knew that it wasn't going to be a sustainable business in Cayman because the market was too small. The costs of bringing in the products, um, the duty that we have to pay here, just and all of the other costs that go along with it. So I was already in that space of beginning to think about it um, and work out what was going to happen. But whenever we had that situation, for me, I needed to make money. So it was this, how can I make money fast? Mm. And I knew that fitness for me just seemed to be the natural thing because yeah. uh, it was something that, that, I, that I could do. But you know, it's that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the beauty now. Um, you know, if anyone out there is thinking about, um, you know, changing and transitioning and into something else of, of the internet, of the online, if you have a skill, no matter what that skill is, you can put that skill out to, you know, you were saying about came in with your snack boxes, it being such yeah. a small market. You can sell anywhere now. You can sell services products anywhere because of the internet. So um, the world's your oyster if you can, you know, decide what that specialism is, what that expertise is and build on that. You don't need to be worried about markets now. It's, it's much easier. I say easier. Of course, it's not, you know, entirely straightforward as we no, both it's know. No, it's not entirely um, But I think it's, you know, there, is, there are more opportunities now um, in business, I think, um, with the way things that have Yeah, there, there are. There are, but I think to anybody who's thinking about it, you have to think about your big why. You have to think about why you want to go into business. Don't go into business on your own or set up one of these online businesses because you're unhappy within yourself. It needs to be something that you really, really want to do. And mm. I always knew that I wanted to do my own thing. Whenever I got to partner and I was sitting in this business, I mean, to the outside world, you're a partner. But you're really not. You're part of a bigger organisation. And even although you're part of the management team, part of one of the decision makers, you're not the decision maker. And I had to make so many compromises in that organisation that were often dictated by the men because there were so few female partners. And it was just, it, it just, it wasn't me. I didn't want to be there. And I always knew that I wanted to go out and find my own way in the world. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, knowing yourself and not wanting to just go out there and, and do something and not really knowing if it's going to make you happy or not. You know, you've got to know yourself well. Like I knew that I would not feel comfortable or happy continuing in the career I had with children at home. I knew that about myself. If you're thinking of setting up a business that means that you have to have a lot of interaction with people, you have to have a good rapport with people and you are terrible with people. Yeah. You don't enjoy you don't enjoy spending time with people, you don't enjoy interacting with people, then that's not for you. You've got to know yourself well enough and know what makes you truly happy to make those decisions. Yeah. Well, my decision to go into business on my own had nothing to do with the children. 
So, you know, I grew up with a mum who worked full time and had three kids as well. So for me, it was nothing to do with the children. I think I would have been an absolutely dreadful stay-at-home mum. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. (laughs) Um, So it was nothing to do with that. Mine was purely selfish. Mine was purely selfish and wanting to go into the world, do my own thing and put my stamp on the world and say, this is it. Um, I'm trusting my gut. I'm, I'm being driven by where I want to go next. And I absolutely love being out there and helping other women find their own way too. So I'm in a very, very different place now to what I, to where I ever thought I would be as an entrepreneur. And I've gotten here just by trusting my gut instinct. So you, you need to take a leap of faith. If you're interested yeah. in doing it, you've just got to jump and you've got to trust that the first decision that you make might not be the right one, but you can switch. And you can Mm. switch and you can switch until it feels right. And if you're a strong enough mind and a strong enough personality, you will make it work. But you have to trust in the fact that you'll make it work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you've got to go and do children now. I've been very conscious of the time. Talking of children, I should really go and collect them from school. (laughs) Well, I have have another six hours of freedom before I have to collect mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. All right. Well, well. Um, thanks, everyone. Welcome, welcome. No, we're not starting. We're finishing. Thank you, everyone, for <laughs> listening in again to Smart Women Connect. Please reach out to us if anything that you want us to talk about. If you want to come on and you've got an interesting topic, then reach out to us as well and let us know what that is. And we will see you back on the next one. Bye. See you. Bye.